Hello and welcome to the Noise Creators Podcast. I am your host, Jesse Cannon, and I'm very excited because today I have with me Chadwick Johnson. He's from a band called Hundredth. I've been really digging what they've been putting out. They did a record with one of Noise Creators producers, Sam Pura, that I think is a really cool departure from their old sound. And we got into the thoughts on how they developed this different sound and how this comes organically, unlike a lot of the things people seem to think happens when a band changes their sound. We go deep on that and how they create the music they create and their creative process. I think it's a lot different than a lot of things we usually discuss around here. So I'm really psyched on this. If you haven't checked out their stuff, uh, they have a new record called Rare coming out a week from tomorrow when this podcast airs that I think is fucking fantastic. Do that, listen through the podcast, check them out. I also want to tell you about one of Jabberjaw's other podcasts called Lead Singer Syndrome. The Lead Singer Syndrome podcast brings you never-before-heard backstage conversations right into your headphones. Be a fly on the dressing room wall as host Silverstein frontman Shane Told talks to other lead singers about what it's like to befront a professional band. Past guests include Lynn Gunn of Paris, Vic Fuentes of Pierce the Veil, Fat Mike of NoFX, and many, many more. Check it out and subscribe at leadsingersyndrome.com. I also want to tell you about my new book. We talk about it a little in this interview. It was kind of cool. Chadwick read some of it when I mailed it to Sam Pure while they were making their record. Processing creativity, the tools, practices, and habits used to make music you're happy with. I go into how musicians make good or bad music and all the pitfalls that come into it, and it's a whole ton of knowledge that has never been discussed before in book form. I know a lot of people don't believe me when I say that, and then they see it. A lot of the reviews mention that this is a unique book that everybody who makes records should read. I've been getting some amazing feedback, including a great review in the new issue of Tape Up. I implore you to check it out if you enjoy this interview. Hey, one second before we get started with this interview. Noise Creators is able to do these cool podcasts because we're a service, and we're trying to get the word out about our service to people. So if you enjoy this podcast, it's really, really important that you share it to people so more people can get to know what we're doing trying to connect musicians with producers to make better music and make better records for you all to listen to. So please, please, please help us out. If you like this and like what we're doing, share it, tweet it, Facebook it, Instagram it, tumble it, whatever you like to do, do that. As well, we're going to start doing a really cool thing. If there's a great quote from these podcasts that you really enjoy, put it on a graphic, tweet it, Facebook it, take a picture of it, and send it to us at Noise Creators on every single one of the social networks. And what we're going to do is we're going to share the best ones. And if you're one of the best ones, we're going to send you a list of prizes we have. We have a bunch of cool, rare things from bands that aren't as much of a use to us. We have a couple of extras of rare pressings of vinyl, all sorts of cool stuff. You can choose from a list and we'll send that out to you for free if you share a really cool quote that we like and we use. Thanks so much for helping out and please, please, please help us spread the word on our service. Thanks. How does a song usually come into being for you guys? Well, on this recent record, we we started. I started using Ableton. Oh, interesting. So that that's kind of where before that we were kind of all in Logic. That was where we would write songs. Um. So why? So why did you switch from uh, Logic to Ableton? You know, I think we were hanging out. We were touring with this band called North Lane. Uh huh. Yeah. 
they have a lot of electronics yeah and i was uh talking to john their guitar player we just kind of were like going back and forth kind of like about some stuff and i was kind of in the market for a uh i was looking at like a couple like one of the native instruments machines yep studio thing and he steered me a little towards the push Mm. and so uh i ended up so so for what reason did what reason did he steer you towards the push away from the machine he just said it like the way that it integrates with 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 ableton is like a lot better than a uh, machine and then he kind of showed me ableton a little bit too mm-hmm. and explained it and so i i was like you know what i'll try i'm gonna try this ableton thing my friend had tried to show me show me it he tried to show me it like 10 years ago like when it was basically might have been 10 years ago maybe yeah. a little after but when it was in the earlier stages and i didn't really get the session view i didn't really understand that because i was from like a logic world where it's all arrangement yeah i I didn't really get it and i didn't know that there was another view then i kind of we had a bunch of time off at home and i kind of dove into ableton and i was writing some other music i've always kind of done some other kind of not released music on the side just electronic-y style and i found it so easy to compose inside of ableton and so the primary songwriters are me and our guitar player alex Mm -hmm. and so kind of brought him over to ableton a little bit as well and showed him we, first, we worked on a couple songs together, and then he went full Ableton also. And then we just found it insanely easy. We were so It was so easy for us to craft the sound of this record on Ableton for some reason. And there's not that many. There's some synths and stuff, but it's not super electronic. It was just mm-hmm. the way that everything is laid out just helped us really dive in a little further than we ever had before. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's undoubtedly the best uh, software to write in. If you can grasp mm-hmm. the way to write in it, it's diversity and tools are better than whatever uh, anybody else does. It's just that so many people want to be able to make a final product and it's not always the best tool for that. Yeah, I agree. And I took it as far. I even, uh, when we were recording with Sam, like I, mm. when we record with Sam, I tracked the vocals on my own. Mm. So I even, so what's I even the, what's convinced the, uh, you, reason behind that for me personally, it's just easier. I don't have to worry about, um, wasting someone else's time or even not that they would view it like that. But mm. in my head, I'm thinking like that, you know, I'm thinking, fuck, I'm going to try like 10 things over this. Like, I don't really want to, I don't want to and go through it and try to explain every idea i'd rather just like try it all like throw it all at the wall and see what sticks instead of you know when you're recording with someone you're like okay i want to try this over this part but i'm just just more of a doer than an explainer yeah and so um so you do it on your own then you play it back for sam and the guys once you're happy with it pretty much or you know like if sam will walk through the room i'll be like hey like what do you think about this Mm. you know his studio is pretty friendly towards collaboration on a bunch of stuff and so you know everyone would be kind of two different rooms i was in a whole other wing so yeah and it's just always been easier for for us to work like that and it's been i I love it i wouldn't change it that's rad so then in that case though so do you not have vocals written before you're in the studio i did for only one song on this record i'm kind of like a pressure builds diamonds mindset (laughs) Mm. um i like that but you know which is like i mean not that they're diamonds but yeah i just find out that that like in that last bit of like primal focus i can come up with i usually can can perform way better than all doing all this planning you know hmm. that's really interesting I, I i think it's like one of those things um on this podcast when i interview record producers they like get so angry about it but there is a really good something really good to be said about like that you hear it you f- hear the final emotion in the song and you can react to that yeah i feel like it's more um it's more in the moment kind of spontaneous is like if i look back at a record like a couple years later i'm like i remember when i did that and i wouldn't have done that except for that very moment you know 
it's cool. Nice. And so do you think you wouldn't have done that because it's what you're listening to, what emotions inside you? Like, what do you think is some of the factor in that? I think it's because I would have thought about it for too long and mm. then I would have changed my changed my mind on it, you know? So have you had stuff in the past where you think that you make things worse when you think about it too long? Yeah, I mean, I think I have, like, projects, too, where I was like, I really wanted to, re I really wanted to release some songs last year that I made. And I sat on them for too long now where it's like, and I can, I think I, the vibe would be different now. So maybe, mm. that, maybe it's smarter that I didn't put it out, but it would have been nice to like put some, some different stuff out. And even if people didn't get it, whatever, you know, totally. So let me drill down a little bit further back in the process. So you guys yeah. are at home doing Ableton demos. So then does it get to the band at some point or are you just kind of learning it off that? What, what happens there? Well, we pretty much demoed out like 30 songs, me and oh. Alex, like on our own, some together, some just stems, kind of just material, basically. And we would send it to, there's only four dudes in our band, so we would send it to the other two if we stumbled on something that we thought was like good enough to share. And then when we got to the studio, we jammed everything like instrumentally inside the studio, every single demo and like arranged how things should be, recorded all the pre-pro uh, Sam had everything mic'd mm. so that we kind of like took what we made on the computer into a room, which is what we've always kind of done. But this time it was cool because like this is the first time I've ever played guitar on any of our material like mm. live or in the studio, which is cool. So like I could jam with the band instead of just sitting on the own on my own, like trying to explain what I think should happen in the song. That was kind of new for everyone. Everyone kind of because we did such kind of a sound change on this yes. record. It was like a completely different we just went in with a different mindset, so it was like no boundaries. So it was really fun to kind of jam in the same, in in a room all the songs before we even started tracking them. So all this jamming mostly happened once you guys got to Sam's place. Yeah, we didn't touch any of the songs until we got to Sam's like full band. Wow, that's pretty interesting. So let's get into that change of sound. So at least the way it looks in my Twitter feed is this is being received really, really well. And I think, though, there is that thing that, you know, you always have the pissy kid. They're like, oh, they're trend jumping. I tend to find as somebody who's worked with a lot of bands that it's not trend jumping. It's just that you change as a person and most people change and yeah. like different stuff. And so can you tell me what this change in sound looked like in your evolution as a person? I think all of us, you know, we started this band when we were 19. Mm -hmm. And we wanted, we basically wanted to be like a shy, hallowed, strong arm band. You know, we wanted to be like a hardcore, like that, that style of hardcore, metallic hardcore, a lot of, mel you know, melodic, melancholy type uh, melodies, things like that. So that's what we were, you know, and like, I still love that band. But as we came up in that scene, we just kept, we never really were we can never really find our place in it. And like, I think it's because we just saw a lot of shit that we just thought was whack and, mm -hmm. and we weren't willing to really kind of suck anyone's dick that we needed to, you know, T to go somewhere in that world. And like, I think that kind of just came to a boiling point kind of where we were like, you know, like we want to write different music. We don't really even listen to a lot of these bands that we're touring with. We don't listen to bands that they that they even want to sound like either. You know, like we're not really metalheads. We never mm -hmm. really were, but we were constantly touring with metal bands, and it's like, dude, what are we doing? You know, like mm -hmm. we, we would go onto a tour and be like, we wouldn't watch any of the bands because not that we were like we're dicks or anything, but like it was just like we were touring with the same band over and over and over. And I'm not shitting on any of those bands because those are probably bands that love what they do. You know, and like we just felt like we we just felt unfulfilled and dissatisfied. Totally. 
and no one's gonna watch a band like I, you know anybody who judges you for that's like no one's gonna watch a band night after night that they're not feeling and that emotional thing from yeah and that you know there is a couple bands that we toured with that was like okay like you are way different than us but you you like as dudes are awesome and you're way 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 talented you know and mm-hmm. like i've been i've been in like north lane like mm-hmm. but they kind of in the in the same in the same world they're kind of doing something completely different too now so yep. yeah i mean we just get along with them as people and but you know i think the sound change kind of birthed from just us feeling like it wasn't a, our music wasn't really a proper rep- representation of us and yeah like that's what so far like as you mentioned like we've had a pretty solid response on the record so far the only the only thing that people got there got pissed off about was what i said in like some interview which was like if we would have made another hardcore record like we would have been doing it primarily as like a safe move like Mm -hmm. that we wouldn't have been fulfilled with you know which is cool because like while we were in the studio i read your party some parts of your book which mm-hmm. is like it touches on that and it's yes. in like that for me was such a confirmer and like that's why i sent you that email because i was mm-hmm. like dude this is fucking real and like this is so applicable to me right now you know that's rad and i think it is to anyone if if they'll get to the point of where they're not focusing where they like get rid of that safety net in their head of like well we better do this because this is what we have to do you know the worst shit comes out of that and like that that's kind of where we were you know totally and it's like it's one of those things that um a lot of my producer friends like actually sam and i have had this conversation of that it's like we kind of prefer working with uh a younger band a lot of the time in their career because it's not that pressure of like well this is what we should do instead of just this is what feels good to us this is what we're trying to make because like it gets so frustrating dealing with the idiots who are trying to make money off your music in the outside world that think like no do the safe thing because i need to keep paying my mortgage and i just had a kid and like (laughs) makes us fucking insane and yeah, it's just, it's not how good music is ever birthed. And you, I think what you guys are doing is trusting yourselves. And it's confirmation that it's like, I mean, this is not the smallest sound change. Like, obviously, you guys put out those two songs last year, and that was a little bit of a toe dip away from the thing. But like, you know, yeah, it's a big change. And it's being met well, because I think you guys followed your hearts. Yeah. And not that we ever really had like someone in our corner who was like pushing us to be the same band over and over mm-hmm. again. But we were getting to the point where it was like predictable what we were going to do next, you know? Mm. And I think that is what made us be like, eh, like that's whack. Like we don't, we don't want to be that, you know? I, I, I think that is the thing. It's interesting when like bands talk about predictability too, because like I get not wanting to be predictable, but then I, I like also wonder, it's like that thing of like, how many times do bands just shake things up for the sake of shaking it up? And then it's not good. And is that some of what ruins oh, yeah. them too? It's like, yeah, that's true. I've, I've like definitely talked to some people who are like, well, you know, we're, I, I think, think it's time to do something new. And then like they, whatever's the person who did something different, they last heard in their record collection. They're like, well, that's what we're doing now. It's like, okay, I, I guess. So I think you found what is emotionally working while not being predictable. Yeah. I, I just felt like one of the most natural, like music things I've ever been a part of, you know, it's like, we just wanted, like, we just found grooves and we found melodies and guitar parts that we wanted to hear like, straight up like that was the only goal in the record was make make a cd that like we would want to put on to hang out to and not like because we'd never really gotten to do that you know Mm -hmm. or we never and and if we would have tried to do it five years ago i just don't think our like i don't know i don't think we would have i don't think we were at the level uh musically Mm. you know i wasn't at the level vocally like at all to deliver what i what i have on this record you know that was something i was gonna say is like uh the vocals seem 
very, very complex. And it's like that funny thing of like, so many people think of like the hard parts of singing, like they think of it in ridiculous ways, like, oh, they scream hard or, oh, they hit a high note. But really you're doing a lot of really diverse tones in the songs you guys have re released so far. Was there anything you had to do to prepare yourself to be able to do that? Not really. I mm. mean, I think uh, I jammed on like some of my own kind of music last summer a bunch mm -hmm. and kind of just I never I never thought I was really good at writing melodies until like I got somewhere last year like something clicked where I thought like I finally was satisfied with like the melodies that I wrote and I was like I don't know what happened but like something just I started writing I started singing over some like electronics type stuff I was making and I was like wow I actually like these melodies like I don't mm. they're not predictable they're they're different they're like they move in a different way you know and I don't know what what clicked or anything I mean I think it was just a constant grind really but it's just not to prepare, I don't think there was any like crazy preparation or anything. Mm. I think I just had to like do some things on my own and realize, okay, like you actually you're you're capable of putting something over this music to like enhance it. Yeah. Nice. No, I, I it was more that, like a mental thing. Yeah, and like I, you know, I like I really uh, there's a book I read last year uh, from Stephen Johnson called uh, Wonderland that kind of says the thing that all like good innovation and most things that have been invented, everybody thinks it's like somebody sitting there doing practice when really it's playing is what where most like great things have come from, and wow. that you like you know when you actually read the stories of like everything from how a computer was invented. It's just somebody like messing around and they weren't even intending on doing them. And they're like, oh, well, that's cool. I should keep going down that road. Yeah, I found. Yeah, that, I feel like that's completely true for me. You know, like I wouldn't go in and be like, I'm going to write this whole song right now to be like, what melodies would work here? You know, and you, you play for six hours and you're like, wow, I have like a bunch of options. Like what what's the best one? You know, that's wild. Yeah. So let's though go back into some of the process. What does the trashing of like, when you say you have 30 different things going, what are the normal things that you guys are using to evaluate those? Is it more that like you guys show it to those other two band members and Sam and they say no, or is it more you guys are trying to assemble a feeling throughout the record? Like, what did that look like? I think it's a little of both of those. There were some songs that seemed a little too in their own world a little bit, mm. or they sounded too similar to another song. I think at one point we made a list, each of us, Sam kind of made a, we, each of us made our own list. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then Sam was like, okay, it seems like all of you together are feeling these songs more than these songs. We ended up recording like 14 total songs. So we were putting 12 on the record and there's still mm. two that are done that are, we don't really know what we're going to do with. But um, so we, yeah, we did that. And I feel like it was just us all being in the same building for that mm. long that kind of helped us be like, okay, yeah, this works. We were all like so encompassed in that vibe. Mm. of the record that we're like this will fit this will fit and then one day in the studio there was like i wanted there to be like one more song that was a little more mm, 80s feel so mm -hmm. like i like we added so, one at the very end so like, when you say 80s feel what which type of 80s feel i mean like kind of drum machiney okay yeah. um you know kind of drum machine mostly like a lot more synths than any of the other songs i think mm. synths are only on like two songs so like this it, ha it just has like there's like a vocoder like mm. vocal part in it vomited out the song and it ended up being like it ended up working out and it, it like is a weird part of the record that i'm pumped on that's rad so with that exploration how long were you guys in the studio for i think we were there like six weeks mm, that's a good amount of time yeah. to do some experimenting yeah we were i mean we worked to the last day like 
to the wire. But um, I think it's like one of those things where like you know how much time you have. So it's when you know how much time you have, no matter what, it's like in your head, it's constantly up to the timeline. Yeah. Uh, Parkinson's law is what's called like uh, yeah. the work expands to the time you're given. Yeah, exactly. So let's get into what has grown you to this point. Can you give me five records in your growth over the years musically that got you up to this point? Yeah, for sure. I think the first time I heard Thursday Full Collapse, that like made me want to be, that showed me that like music could be like super meaningful and uh, emotional, I guess. So I think that was probably, that was probably the first one record that completely opened my mind. And then I'd say The Cure, Disintegration probably. Rad. That's like one of my all-time favorite records. Um, Same. Just in, yeah, that, I mean, that, this just a masterpiece. We just did this weird top 10 curveball kind of albums thing on there. Like an article for this Team Rock website. And I put, actually put that one on there. But yeah, so that was, I would say that's like second Second, I'm thinking chronologically, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? yeah. I think maybe Queen is Dead as well, like the Smiths record. Yep. I Like, that's just a classic record for me. Just, like, it will never get out of my mind, you know. I know there's got to be, like, a national record in there. I'd probably say High Violet. Mm. Um, They're one of those few bands that I, I feel like any time anybody mentions it, it's a different national record that uh, does it for them. And I think that's so rare in a band. Yeah, dude, that band is just, oh, man. Uh, like the first time I heard High Violet, I was just like, "What is this band? Mm. This is like on another. This like cuts me to the core. This is like what music is." Yeah, so I would say that record. And uh, maybe it's Interpol, Turn on the Bright Lights. Yeah, great record. Yeah, just another record that's just classic. Like I'll I won't listen to it for like a year and then go back and be like, "This record's incredible." Yeah, that was a real feeling on that one. Yeah. How about what? has been inspiring you guys a lot immediately going up into this process? Um, We kind of threw it back a little bit, and we were listening to a lot of Catherine Wheel, mm. Swerve Driver. Yeah, best, uh, we just kind of wanted one to, of my favorites of all time. Yeah, we wanted to go like, we, you know, everyone's like, oh, we want to like use a lot of reverb. We want to, you know, we want to make a spacey record. Let's go listen to My Bloody Valentine. It's like, mm. oh, yeah, we did. But like, I feel like Catherine Wheel is one of those bands that is so good, but never really got like, they, they weren't considered as classic as they really were, you know? Totally. I mean, like, it, it, for, it was funny for me is like, my father was really into them. I always joke like i'm a second generation hipster and it's like that thing of like i totally was like oh this is terrible when i first heard it now i listen to it you're like oh wow like you know people just couldn't get what this band was because they were way too ahead yeah yeah which is cool and i feel like now now that you said that it maybe it reminded me that i should mention kid a as well Mm. in my uh in my top five records but um yeah and, and what the craziest thing is like i sam told me about that record while we were in the studio making this record and i don't know why i slept on that for so fucking long but one night one night in the studio like i think i ate like an edible or something and i listened to that record yeah rare in uh sam studio but, yeah, i know i was gonna say um, I'm, so, I'm so shocked there's a story of weed with sam involved i don't know what you're yeah, talking about uh it's like i listened to that record in headphones and like at this in a dark room in the studio like entirely through and i, I was like holy fuck the next day, Sam walks in the studio. I'm like, dude, we there, there. Some of us are aliens, and I am one of them. And I think you might be one of them too. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. 
It was like, I was like, dude, I, it was just such like a spiritual experience. But um, yeah, so that was kind of, we threw that in there, like in the middle of the record too, which I don't think had a lot of influence, but I think it was just a liberating kind of like experience for me, at least to be like, yo, do what you want. Like, don't worry about what people are going to say. Just do what feels good, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt on that record that they decided to do that since that record. I, I, I still remember the internet the week that record came out and how angry the world was. Yeah, it's insane. So with that, is there any advice you can impart to younger bands after talking about going through all this change and stuff that you've been talking about? Yeah, I think it's just like, I wish someone would have told me in 2011, like after we had our second record come out, I wish someone would have told me to just do whatever you want and like mm. trust your instincts, you know, because the, after that, we kind of get, we got in that kind of cycle of okay this record did good we what do they want to hear next you know and and that's what like pushed us into kind of it, the band feeling like a job instead of a fun like a, a creatively fulfilling thing you know i think it's easy you know that's easy to happen yeah well, i wish someone wanted yeah well success uh you want to keep repeating it that's what every uh business advice thing says but music is different yeah yeah, and and it took us a, way too long to realize that, but I'd rather realize it than keep putting out the same thing over and over again. You know? Well, it seems like you're realizing it at the right time because uh, things are going well for this. So with things going well, my last question for you is, what comes next? What's happening? Promote. Tell us all the things. We are about to go on Warp Tour, mm -hmm. which is going to be... Uh, a different experience because we're not playing any we're not playing anything before this record like it's oh, wow. a full reset yeah a full reset just because the root of us making this record was dissatisfaction so we don't want to revisit that mm -hmm. with this record we just feel like we got to go steadfast in this way so that's going to be interesting probably going to get some funny funny commentary but uh <laughs> we'll, we'll add it to the list you know so yeah that we're doing that and then um I'm not sure what we're doing in the fall. Probably a U.S. tour. We're trying to we're trying to find some different some different bands to kind of tour with and maybe put together something where we can actually play the full record. Oh, um, nice. So, so yeah, that's the goal. I don't know. I mean, we're kind of itching to you know keep on going. You know, like it, this was so liberating that we want to. I don't. I don't really want to. We've taken a break from writing for sure because it's been because it was pretty draining to make the whole you know the amount of material and time into this record but i i kind of i'm on the point now where i'm kind of ready to start start like moving in keep moving in this direction you know kind of keep writing because i feel like once you stop it's like getting back into it again it's like one of the hardest things getting through all the fluff and the bullshit and your instincts kind of kind of get rusty but uh yeah i, I think so the, yeah. the most under discussed thing about like when people talk about writer's block and the trouble with writing is that like you take a pause from who you are for a while and then you're like oh this doesn't feel the same whereas if you just keep writing always you're just growing and growing and growing so it's kind of that thing of like I always heard it said and I didn't understand why it was said that like you should never stop writing that you got to be on tour and doing the writing and all the stuff and then like I saw the people who do that like have less trouble getting back in the swing of things and not do it and you're like oh it, it does suck because like you know obviously it's not fun to write but like it does help uh make you not want to be as miserable yeah for sure I agree and, it, and it's it's fun when you're when you're coming up with stuff but the thing that makes it not fun is when you stop and you're like you got to go back and you're like whoa why am i why can't i find it anymore you know yeah you become a different person different different things and it doesn't feel the same and it's it's hard to get your head around that yeah so um, what week does the record come out june 16th so 
just so like 12 days, days or yeah. nine days. Yeah. Hi, I'm going to just take one second to tell you about something that if you're listening to this podcast, you will probably be interested in. Noise Creators put out a book called The 30-Minute Guide to Getting More Fans. It's by me, Jesse Cannon. I wrote a book called Get More Fans, The DIY Guide to the New Music Business. That's been one of the best-selling books on how to build a fan base for your band. That book is really long and detailed. What we decided to do, though, is make a smaller version of that book that you can read in under 30 minutes that tells you all about how you can build a fan base for your band. I'm sure you've noticed there's been far too many people popping up in your Facebook news feed slinging information on how to build a fan base for a subscription or $100 or something, but Noise Creators was founded because we saw the potential to make the music world a better place. When I started writing about the music business over eight years ago, I always wanted to just teach all the bands that I thought had potential how to do this because I saw too many bands not build themselves up that I thought were the world should hear. So this book has all that knowledge that I learned building fan bases for bands, producing and working in the music business for years. I managed a bunch of successful bands in the past, and this is how I got them to be more than a band that just their hometown knew about. So if you head over to noisecreators.com under the more tab that says ebook, you can get it there for free. All you have to do is enter your email address or your Twitter address. Thanks for taking the time to check this out. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember the golden rule of the internet, that if you enjoy something you got for free, please tweet, Facebook, share, or tell your friends about it in whatever way you like to do that. Please check out Noise Creator's website and take a look around. We have tons of interviews, discographies, Spotify playlists from all the best producers out there on our service. If you're unsure about who your band should work with, we can help you get the best producer fit for your record. To keep up with us, follow at Noise Creators on Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud, Tumblr, or Facebook. This podcast can be also be found wherever podcasts are found, including iTunes and Stitcher. I'm your host, Jesse Cannon. I can be found on Twitter at Jesse Cannon or at jessecannon.com. Again, please help spread the word about this podcast and what Noise Creators does so we can keep this going. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.